Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This time we're going to be discussing Alma chapter 18. So we've uh, we've had Ammon uh, coming among the Lamanites, among King Lamoni. Uh, he's been out with the servants and and uh, whose whose flocks were scattered. And then Ammon killed a few people, chopped off some arms, and now that they are bringing the arms uh, before King Lamoni. Verse 1, And it came to pass that King Lamoni caused that his servants should stand forth and testify to all the things which they had seen concerning the matter. And when they had all testified to the things which they had seen, and he had learned of the faithfulness of Ammon in preserving his flocks, and also of his great power in contending against those who sought to slay him, he was astonished exceedingly and said, Surely this is more than a man. Behold, is not this the great spirit who doth send such great punishments upon the, this people because of their murders? Ammon hadn't punished anyone, just the opposite. Murders here may be referring to the servants Lamoni has killed because they had not done well in keeping the king's flocks, or it may refer to human sacrifices that they had performed. Verse 3, And they answered the king and said, Whether we, he be the great spirit or a man, we know not. But this much we do know, that he cannot be slain by the enemies of the king, neither can they scatter the flocks, the king's flocks, when he is with us, because of his his expertise, or his expertness in great and great strength. Therefore, we know that he is a friend of the king. And now, O king, we do not believe that a man has such great power, for we know he cannot be slain. And now, when the king heard these words, he said unto them, Now I know that it is the great spirit, and he has come down at this time to preserve your lives, that I might not slay you, as I did your brethren. Now this is the great spirit of whom our fathers have spoken. Now this was the tradition of Lamoni, which he had received from his father, that there was a great spirit. Notwithstanding they believed in a great spirit, they supposed that whatsoever they did was right. Nevertheless, Lamoni began to fear exceedingly, with fear lest he had done wrong in slaying his servants. President Romney said, No person is nor can be justified in rejecting these teachings and commandments which have been revealed by the Lord on the basis that he does not know they are true, because everything the Lord does or says has within itself the evidence of its own authenticity, and every person is divinely endowed with the means to discover that evidence and know for himself that it is true. Everyone is born into the world with the light of Christ, knowing good and evil, right and wrong. And so it becomes self-evident some of the things that uh, that we are taught. Verse 6, For he had slain many of them, because their brethren had scattered their flocks at the place of water, and thus because they had had their flocks scattered, they were slain. Now it was the practice, and as Brother Nibley said, a game, of these Lamanites to stand by the waters of Sebus to scatter the flocks of the people, that thereby they might drive many away, or drive away many that were scattered into their own land, it being a practice of plunder among them. And it came to pass that King Lamoni inquired of his servants, saying, Where is this man that has such great power? And they said unto him, Behold, he is feeding thy horses. Now the king had commanded his servants, previous to the time of the watering of, the, of their flocks, that they should prepare his horses and chariots. They didn't ride the horses, they used them to pull the carts and chariots, and conduct him forth to the land of Nephi, 
for there had been a great feast appointed at the land of Nephi by the father of Lamoni, who was king over all the land. Now when King Lamoni heard that Ammon was preparing his horses and his chariots, he was more astonished because of the faithfulness of Ammon, saying, Surely there has not been any servant among all my servants that has been so faithful as this man, for even he doth remember all my commandments to execute them. So uh, it sounds like the servants that uh, have brought in the arms and were telling King Lamoni about this were probably also supposed to be helping with the horses, I guess. Verse 11, Now I surely know that this is the great spirit, and I would desire him that he come in unto me, but I durst not. And it came to pass that when Ammon had made ready the horses and the chariots for the king and his servants, he went in unto the king, and he saw that, his, that the countenance of the king was changed. Therefore he was about to return out of his presence. And one of the king's servants said unto him, Rabbana, which is, being interpreted, powerful or great king, considering their kings to be powerful, and thus he said unto him, Rabbana. The Lamanite word Rabbana obviously has the same derivation and meaning as the Hebrew word Rabboni. Rabbana is a wonderful word. Translated, it means powerful or great king. In applying that name to Ammon, the servants of Lamoni did not know that in reality he was a prince, the son of the mighty king of the Nephites. But after Ammon's miraculous exploits at the waters of Sebus, they regarded him, as did their master, something more than a man. That was by Reynolds and Schottel. Continuing verse 13, And the king desired thee to stay. Therefore Ammon turned himself unto the king, and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do for thee, O king? And the king answered him not for the space of an hour, according to their time, for he knew not what he should say unto him. And it came to pass that Ammon said unto him again, What desirest thou of me? But the king answered him not. And it came to pass that Ammon, being filled with the Spirit of God, therefore he perceived the thoughts of the king. And he said unto him, it is, is it because that thou, thou hast heard that I defended thy servants and thy flocks and slew seven of their brethren? Remember, Ammon killed six with the sling and their leader with the sword. Uh, with, the, with the sling and with the sword, and, the, and smote off the arms of others in order to defend thy flocks and thy servants. Behold, is it this that causeth thy marvelings? I say unto you, what is it that thy marvelings are so great? Behold, I am a man and am thy servant. Therefore, whatsoever thou desirest, which is right, that will I do. Now when the king had heard these words, he marveled again, for he beheld that Ammon could discern his thoughts. Elder Packer said, This power of discernment is a very real spiritual gift that is often conferred as a blessing upon men ordained as bishops, stake presidents, and so forth. Many can bear witness to the fact that they do not have to hear or see all that they knew, that they can discern thoughts when the purpose of their office is served. I have often thought, as members of the church come to us as general authorities for counsel, that they are not aware that sometimes their words are in one avenue and their thoughts are in another. And yet it is important that we learn that we cannot hide our thoughts. You can't hide them. Sooner or later they will be known. They will express themselves in actions. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he does. Continuing verse 18, But notwithstanding this, King Lamoni did open his mouth and said unto him, who art thou? Art thou that great spirit who knows all things? Ammon answered and said unto him, I am not. And the king said, How knowest thou the thoughts of my heart? Thou mayest speak boldly and tell me concerning these things, and also tell me by what power ye slew and smote off the arms of my brethren that scattered my flocks. And now if thou wilt tell me concerning these things, whatsoever thou desirest, I will give unto thee. And if it were needed, I would guard thee with my armies. But I know that thou art more powerful than all they. Nevertheless, whatsoever thou desirest of me, I will grant it unto thee. 
Now Ammon, being wise, yet harmless, he said unto Lamoni, Wilt thou hearken unto my words, if I tell thee by what power I do these things? And this is the thing that I desire of thee. And the king answered him and said, Yea, I will believe all thy words. And thus he was caught with guile, or a strategy. And Ammon began to speak unto him with boldness. Timidity or uncertainty are not companions of the spirit. And said unto him, Believest thou that there is a God? And he answered and said unto him, I do not know what that meaneth. And then Ammon said, Believest thou that there is a great spirit? And he said, Yea. So Ammon has to get on to common ground here. He, if he asks him a question and he doesn't understand it, then he needs to ask him a question that he does understand, so that Ammon know where, knows where to start. 28. And Ammon said, This is God. And Ammon said unto him again, Believest thou that this great spirit who is God created all things which are in heaven and in the earth? Elder McConkie said that the greatest events that have ever occurred or ever will occur in all eternity are these, the creation of the heavens and the earth, of man and of the form and all forms of life, the fall of man, of all forms of life and of the earth itself from their primeval and paradisiacal state to their present mortal state, and the infinite and eternal atonement, which ransoms man, all living things, and the earth also from their fallen state, so that the salvation of the earth and of all living things may be completed. These three divine events, the three pillars of eternity, are inseparably woven together into one grand tapestry known as the eternal plan of salvation. Verse 29, and he said, Yea, I believe that he created all things which are in the earth, but I do not know the heavens. And Ammon said unto him, The heavens is a place where God dwells and all his holy angels. And King Lamoni said, Is it above the earth? And Ammon said, Yea. And he looketh down upon all the children of men, and he knows all the thoughts and intents of the heart, for by his hand were they all created from the beginning. And King Lamoni said, I believe all these things which thou hast spoken, and thou art thou sent from God. Ammon said unto him, I am a man, and man in the beginning was created after the image of God, and I am called by his Holy Spirit to teach these things unto this people, that they may be brought to a knowledge of that which is just and true. That which is just and true is that which is right. Thus the justified are those who have done that which is right and proper in the eyes of God, or whose lives have been made right through the mediation of a greater power. That which is true is that which is faithful or trustworthy. To be brought to a knowledge of that which is just and true is to come to that knowledge which marks a straight course, one which can be followed with full confidence and trust. And that was by Millet McConkie. Verse 35, And a portion of that spirit dwelleth in me, which giveth me knowledge and also power, according to my faith and desires which are in God. Now when Ammon had said these words, he began at the creation of the world, and also the creation of Adam, and told him all the things concerning the fall of man. So here he's talking about the three pillars of eternity and rehearsed and laid before him the records and the holy scriptures of the people. The sons of Mosiah must have had their own copies of the scriptures to bring with them, which, he, which had been spoken by the prophets even down to the time that their father Lehi left Jerusalem. And he also rehearsed unto them, for it was unto the king and to his servants, all the journeyings of their fathers in the wilderness and all their sufferings with hunger and thirst and their travail and so forth. And he also rehearsed unto them concerning the rebellions of Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael, yea, and all their rebellions did he relate unto them. And he expounded unto them all the records and scriptures from the time that Lehi left Jerusalem down to the present time. Ammon's teaching methods were not elaborate or excessive. He started on Lamoni's level with questions about very basic gospel principles. He then explained the doctrines of the plan of salvation, the creation and the fall, expounded the scriptures of ancient history, and finished with the plan of redemption. He used the scriptures from both the old and new worlds in, as his basic source. Ammon's straightforward doctrinal approach calls to mind President J. Reuben Clark's comment about how not to teach 
about how not to teach our spiritually alert youth. There is no need for gradual approaches, for bedtime stories, for coddling, for patronizing, or for any of the other childish devices. If Ammon could teach doctrine from the scriptures to a wicked Lamanite who barely knew God existed, surely students in modern Zion deserve to be taught in the same way. I like that. That's a good way to teach the youth. Just give it to them straight. Teach them the doctrine. What do you teach a person who has no knowledge of God or the gospel and yet has consented to listen and believe? Where do you start? What principles do you emphasize? The way in which Ammon taught King Lamoni constitutes a classic response to such questions. Ammon taught him that we have come to know as the three pillars of eternity, the creation, the fall, and the atonement. These three doctrines, which are inseparably associated one with the other, constitute the foundation upon which all other gospel principles must rest. Indeed, any principle that cannot comfortably rest on the foundation of these doctrines or be tied to it has no place in the teachings of, king, of God's kingdom. To testify that Jesus of Nazareth is our Savior raises the question particularly to one such as Lamoni, for what do we need to be saved? The answer, of course, is the fall of Adam. This, in turn, raises the question, from what did Adam fall? The answer is the paradisiacal state in which all things were originally created. Thus, the creation becomes parent to the fall, and the fall parent to the atonement. And that was by Millet McConkie. Joseph Smith said, when you climb up a ladder, you must begin at the bottom and ascend step by step until you arrive at the top. And so it is with the principles of the gospel. You must begin with the first and go on until you learn all the principles of exaltation. Back to the scriptures, verse 39. But this is not all, for he expounded unto them the plan of redemption, which was prepared from the foundation of the world, and he also made known unto them concerning the coming of Christ. So here he's talking now about the atonement. And all the works of the Lord did he make known unto them. And it came to pass that after he had said all these things and expounded them to the king, that the king believed all his words. And he began to cry unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, have mercy, according to thy abundant mercy, which thou hast had upon the people of Nephi, have upon me and my people. And now, when he had said this, he fell unto the earth as if he were dead. The death of the natural man, his being in this state for three days is similar to Alma, Paul, and Jonah's being in the belly of the whale. All of these are similar to the three days of Jesus uh, would be in the tomb prior to his resurrection. Verse 43, And it came to pass that his servants took him and carried him in, in unto his wife and laid him upon a bed. And he lay as if he were dead for the space of two days and two nights, and his wife and his sons and his daughters mourned over him after the manner of the Lamanites, greatly lamenting his loss. And so now we know uh, that Lamoni is being uh, taught by the Spirit, and uh, he's in this uh, semi-conscious state, so to speak. And uh, when he awakes, he's going to bear testimony to what he has seen and heard. I bear testimony that these things are true and that as we draw closer to our Heavenly Father, that we can have similar experiences to know that, to know of the truth and to know that God lives and that he's our Father in Heaven. I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Hope you can make it.